Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Okay, let me have your full attention, because I was reading something in Luke 5, and I said, O-M, Jizzle, gotta call you. So, I'ma just go ahead and just jump right into it. I'ma read, and then we gonna go ahead and dissect my thought process. So, Luke 5, you know I read from the New Living Translation, so N-O-T. So, verse 1 says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, ugh, sidebar, I don't like that. That is spelled G-A-L-I-L-E-E. -E. Looks a lot like Galilee, but it's actually Galilee. I'll talk to God about it on another note. Anyway, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Verse 2. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Verse 3. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to cast some fish. Verse 5, Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, shade, I'll let the nets down again, more shade. Verse 6, and this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. Verse 7, a shout from help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Verse 9, for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. Now pause there. That got me to thinking, we would have such different results if we were to dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm, follow me. Yep, you know where I'm getting ready to go. Let's go ahead and fasten our seat safety belts and let's go ahead and do this ride real quick. You mean to tell me Peter was there all night Okay, this is not foreign waters to him. He is a fisherman, right? So you are you are more comfortable with, you know, letting Jesus know, I mean, I've been here all night, given the appearance as if you were doing some work, when in actuality you was just doing what looks good on the surface? You mean to tell me as a fisherman you didn't know, hmm, if we've been out here a couple of hours and didn't catch anything, let me just go a little deeper? Or was it just, you know, was it laziness that just wasn't really, you didn't keep it real? You didn't feel like going no deeper? As a matter of fact, did you just go ahead and just cast your net and then took a little nap, you know, real quick and then woke up like, ah, well, we've been out here all night. There is a difference between putting in the work and giving off the appearance as if you are doing so, right? And so it made me go through all the levels that we can actually, you know, fake the funk, if you will. Like education, as times get harder, we have this enormous wave of, you know, I'm going back to school. I'm going back to school. And there's some people that just made it a rap song in their head because it don't, it hasn't taken any effect. Now, it could be some reasons, you know, you're not sure how to go ahead and finance that. You just, you know, do you want to commit to writing 40-page papers in three days? You know, it, do you have the brain capacity? Because the last time that you remember school, it was not a walk in the park. So do you have that 
capacity, that will, that want to, desire to just go ahead and just do it. Now, for those, that's shallow living. If you know that there's something that you really want to do, something that you really want to educate yourself on, something that you know this will better my advancement in the career field or what have you, and your only reason for not going back is, eh, finances, listen, you want something bad enough, you'll take a class at a time. I remember hearing um, there's this hip-hop preacher, his name is Eric Thompson, and um he literally has like, I think he has his master's. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he's on his way to achieving already established his doctorate. And he said, people ask him all the time, like, how did you do it? Because his schedule's so busy. And he says, simple, a class at a time. Imagine all your dreams being worked at, maybe not at the fastest speed, but just consistency and persistently and then what do you know you arrive to the thing that you said a couple of years ago I really would like to dot 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 do you really want to go to school keep it real with yourself or if you're in school why just show up why don't you really try to achieve and do something greater why don't you challenge yourself to get something you know some of us off back if we're honest with ourselves we're B students, C students without even studying. And, and for some, that's a great accomplishment. But it shouldn't be. You didn't show up there just to kind of grace through and just, um, oh, I graduated. Yeah, that's, not, that's not what you came there for. And if it is, why? You're paying for the class at this point if you're in college. You know, people who are in high school, it always cracked me up that people will wake up early, go to high school to cut class, to hang out, and be the very same ones that you have to repeat this. You know what that looks a lot like? We have a carved out system in the USA that allows for us to go to school during a certain amount of time. When you're a certain age, you're supposed to start ninth grade there. You're supposed to go through, go through, go through, and then you graduate when you're in 12th grade and you completed that. It is amazing to me that the people who do not take advantage of the set-aside time frame to go to high school have to then make it up on the back end. Either they have to accumulate all the knowledge in, in a very condensed fashion and take their GED, or they have to go to night school and all these other schools. The next thing you know, you're 21 and you're aging out. You cannot be in high school that long, sir, ma'am. Now, again, there are some exceptions to the rule where you have some, you know, surrounding circumstances that you know made that situation difficult but for those who are just kind of you know lackadaisical moping around and everyone's in class but you in the cafeteria all day long you mean you got up early in the morning to be in the cafeteria and the hallways in the bathroom all day long oh that's gonna yeah you're not training yourself at all for the job market because there's not a lot of offices that you can just kind of just find yourself, hello, hi, through the hallway all day long, going in the bathroom. Not a lot of um, jobs that's going to cater to that. Your behind is going to be fired. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that if you really hone in, you know, no matter what level of schooling that you're in, you can produce something greater. Don't... If you don't like the 10-page papers and, oh, another paper, then you may have to attack it two pages at a time. Stop giving yourself so much credit of, you know, you work good under pressure. Well, you're stressing yourself out for no reason. And how is that an accomplishment again? 
if you really wanted to achieve some things, you'd put your social life on hold momentarily so that you can get to the greater good. You go ahead and put that show on pause, turn your TV off, unplug it, if you will. Put your phone on silent because you don't have the self-control. Just you really would tap in and say, no, I'm doing this and I'm not doing it in a shallow way. Brings me to my next point. Wait, do you really want to lose that weight? No, do not hang up this phone. Don't you dare. Don't look away. Be honest. Do you really want to lose that weight? How many New Year's resolutions, how many gym memberships that you paying your good, good money just, just for lack of attendance? Why? Some of us feel like, well, I feel like if I stop paying the gym membership, then, you know, um, it's really not going to prompt me to go. Well, you're not going, and you see it coming out, direct deposit out of your account every month. That's why the gym got smart, and they said, listen, just give us access to your account because you're not going to come here anyway. That alone should fire you up. Like, listen, nobody takes from me without me seeing the results of something. Point blank and the period, right? Do you really want to lose that weight? Or does it just sound good so that, you know, you can cover the fact that you don't really have any self-discipline? Are you comfortable with having head knowledge but not having the self-control to walk it out? You know, At this point, you don't need to watch not near another YouTube page on losing weight. You don't need any other meal plans. You don't need no more. You have all the information you need to get to the weight that you desire, ma'am, sir. Don't talk to me about, oh, I don't have the time. Not trying to hear you. Not trying to hear you. That 30-minute commitment that you give to Instagram intermittently, yeah, you could be doing stuff a little bit differently. It's just little small steps. When you're going to your local wherever, park further than you normally would just to make yourself walk. Why don't you go ahead and say, you know what, instead of the whole tray of this particular cookie, I'm going to cut it down to just uh, half of it. Small steps so that you can start building up the resistance of, huh, I'm starting to see results. Right. Because all you need to start seeing is what I'm putting in is producing an outcome that I desire. That's what you're really wanting to get to. You know, you see the bat wings under your arms getting more and more prominent. You keep saying you're going to tone up. Mm-mm, no, you're not. No, tell the truth. You really want to just cast in the next Batman. Tell the truth. Shame him, okay? You keep saying that you, you, you know the importance of cardio. We don't need to look at another commercial that talks about heart disease and what it's doing in, in our country. We don't need to hear nothing else. We know exactly what we need to do the real question is why aren't you doing it why aren't you doing it do you really want to be successful when it comes to your job and career matter of fact how do you describe success because that's actually a very relative term some of us describe success by what I can see in your bank account others describe it as fulfillment of your job and what you do you know, that saying that if you love what you do, um, you'll never work another day in your life. Like, you know, you want to wake up to you doing something that actually fulfills you. Others look at us like, no, it's upward mobility, and one day I want to take over the company. So it's really how you describe that. 
But if you're going to work every day and you're saying, I hate your job, why, my job, why are you still there? Honestly. Let's put it in a different perspective. If you were going to a restaurant, right, and every time that you went there, you ordered the same exact meal, um, give or take maybe a pinch or two of salt, less or more, and every time you ate your meal, um, you hated it. And then you thanked people on the way out, and you, ugh, but you went there every single day. Nope. Nope. It is the same thing. Imagine going to that restaurant and then making excuses like, you know what, the waitress is really nice. I go there because I like the waitresses, a.k.a. I like my coworkers. I go there because the ambiance is... um. It's enjoyable, a.k.a. Um, I like the work. It's just sometimes it's my boss. Um, we can make up all these, ooh, the, you know, the infrastructure and all the, oh, the bathrooms are t- top-notch. You, know, you can make up every excuse in the world. The point is, why are you investing your time daily consuming something emotionally, mentally, on it, on all these different levels, why are you consuming it daily knowing that you, your words, I hate my job? And then some of us, to not make it sound so bad, is, eh, I mean, it's okay. Nope. No, because um, if someone was to come to you right now and say, hey, um, if you want to, I will give you a week off, fully paid, um, you don't have to come in. Yeah, you know how fast you'll be at that chair? Yeah, the I love my coworkers and the ambient. Yeah, all of that will be out the window. You'll be like, oh, no strings attached, real talk? Oh, okay, <laughs> I see y'all. If it's not enough to keep you in any circumstance, then it's not, it's not enough to keep you, period. Right? But why aren't you gunning and shooting for something a little bit better? What steps do you need to take so that in five to ten years you're not still singing this song? Is it the going back to school thing? Only you know that. So, for instance, if you really desire, you know what, I want to be a nurse, then you absolutely need to go back to school. There's no way around that. Yeah, it's not a certificate you can take. It's not a, well, I have experience. And no, you need credentials behind your name, ma'am, sir. There's other things that it's just like maybe you just need to self-teach. You know, whatever it is, are you willing to go deeper? Are you willing to stop living so shallowly? Are you willing to go ahead and put in the work that needs to be implemented for you to get the outcome that you said you want? Relationships. Daggone it, do you want to be in one or not? Listen, outrageous the back and forth that some people do. If you want a relationship, be honest. Do you want a relationship, like a committed one? Or do you just want companionship? Or you just don't want to go out and eat by yourself because in your mind that's weird? Like, what level do you just want to talk, buddy, somebody on the phone that you can say, hey, feeling kind of lonely, (laughs) can we FaceTime? Like, what's your level of relationship? Where are you at? And what's your truth? But if you really want a relationship, stop living on the shelf. Go go deeper, okay? Stop playing games. Not a lot of people can withstand the inhumane title of friends with benefits. And do not argue with me. As the young people say, don't at me. Okay? I don't, I don't care. 
Because to me, that just means that, listen, until either one of us finds someone we really like, you're a seat warmer. We both have a mutual understanding in that. But I don't care how clear both parties are on that title and said role. Someone is going to get hurt. Because we are not built for empty relationships. As a matter of fact, ma'am, sir, we were created for the very purpose of relationship with God and with people. So please don't fake the funk. Don't shallow because you're scared to go into, if I go deeper, what if I fall for him? I mean, what if I give her my heart and then she break it? Like, but what if you never try? And what if you just was a better, you know, picker of um, the character that you want to align yourself with? You can tell a lot by a person on how they treat other people in their lives. J just ask questions. Unbelievable. This, if you're going to give the most precious thing in the world, your heart, and share that with someone, at least have enough information to make a great decision. Not one to just, oh, okay, you're cute. Are you sure? Did you find anything out about them? Background, family, place of origin, jail history? No judgment. No judgment. But these are some things you want to know. You need to know the activities that you have uh, partaketh in uh, prior to meeting me. Will it prevent or hinder me in any kind of way um, as we're moving forward? Because I think some people, you know, with the whole cheating thing and going out and just doing whatever you want to do. It's like, listen, point blank period. Do you want to get it together or not? Do you want to have self-discipline? You can't blame, you know, I have a lot of access to or I have a lot of friends and, you know, I just can't help it. And we got drunk and then one thing led to another. Then stop drinking around people. No, I think that's just your mask because it allows you to live a shallow life of, oops, I'm sorry with it. And you're able to say, oh, the blame this time, it was that particular drink of choice. Let's just be real. And if you are in a relationship now. Whether it be marriage, something close to it, what have you, do you, if it's been, you know, in the rut for a little bit, do you really want it to turn around? Like, do you really want to turn it around? Both of you. Or are you okay with this intermittent progress? Were we good for a couple of months and then a couple of months we off and then, oh, it hasn't, for some of us, you know, I heard people actually say it hasn't been good for years. For years? When did you learn how to endure that type of abuse? And it may not be physical abuse. It may not be emotional. The abuse I'm saying is why live in such conditions when you don't have to? Now, don't get me wrong. That does not mean leave said person. That means taking on the, taking it by the horns and saying, listen, this has to change. Some people are probably hearing this and they're like, you know what? I'm the person, I am that person. I said, let's go to counseling. I'm the one that said, you know, we need to sit down and have a discussion because we know we can't keep ignoring the elephant in the room. I'm the one that said, but she, but he, you know, they're just not with it. Then you know what? If you are tied to that person and you feel like that's who God told you to be with, um, 
And when I say God told you to be with, I'm referring to uh, marriages because I don't think that God's going to keep you somewhere with someone who has decided, I want to live shallow, but you can do what you want because this is where I'm comfortable living. So if God called you to be the said person, then you know what? You are going to have to ask and pray that God gives you the endurance to live the way that God wants you to live until God goes ahead and unhardens said person's heart. But if it's just a matter of, I mean, at some point, the umbilical cord to pain has to be cut at some point. And a lot of people, unfortunately, don't shape up until they realize, ooh, I could possibly risk losing you. Correct. Ooh, I could possibly, wait a minute. You know, I heard Joyce Meyer say one time that she was treating her husband, ooh, her anger was just taken over because she had an abusive childhood. And she said after, I think it was nine, ten years, something along that outrageousness, um, because that's 365 times 9 or 10. That's outrageous amount of days and hours he had to endure that. And he came to her and he essentially said, you know what? I'm not going to be able to live like this no more. Um, if you or something doesn't change, then we're going to have to make some changes. And maybe in his own discreet way, he allowed that to equate to, I'm about to be out if this does not change. Now, one thing that Joyce Meyer said that was absolutely phenomenal, she said, you know what? If he would have said that to me any earlier, um, their marriage would have dissolved. It would have been over because she was not in a place that she was willing to change or, um, you know, correct her posture and how she approached him and submitted and all the, those kind of things. But I believe that God graced him because that was his wife. God graced him to endure until it was like, at now something needs to change. Right? And so I, I give real life examples because not all of us are reading the Bible. Not all of us are following, you know, said celebrities. But it's always great to know that, oh, someone else tangible here now in these days, um, they went through it too. It gives you a different perspective. So that means that, you know, it, Family members, you can turn that relationship around. The question is, do you want to? And if they're in a place where that can be turned around, don't live shallowly anymore. Get to the real of it. Like, do you really want to be out of debt? No, no, no. Seriously, do you really want to be out of debt? Then you will stop eating out so much. Then you will stop going ahead and doing all these gimmicks in your mind of having it, you know, automatically transferred over to your savings. And then you just go right behind it and, and transfer it right back to checking. You will stop playing that game and just say, you know what, I'm not in the place that uh, savings is important to me. You are not in the place that emergencies have scared you to the point that you said there will never be another time that I don't have at least $500 in my savings account at all times. Dave Ramsey, guru extraordinaire, in my opinion, for all things financial advice, said that you should have at least $1,000 in your savings account because the average American cannot cover a $1,000 emergency if it were to happen right now. That should scare you. That instability should scare you slightly. But why aren't you uh, making the necessary steps to go ahead? And are you, do you have someone that you can depend on? So it's like, ah, if something ever happened, I just make a call and such and such got me. 
That's your savings plan? Oh, yeah, that sounds a lot like, um, no thank you to me. The coattails of anybody else's hard work should never be your answer. Not a permanent one. That just shouldn't be. And so really get to the point of, you know what? I do want to get out of debt. There is too much information on the internet. I just brought up Dave Ramsey. There's Susie Orman. There are too many gurus who have the reason why they're able to give financial advice is because they blew it at some point. Did you know that Dave Ramsey was a millionaire twice, filed bankruptcy, and was able to go ahead and get it back? Yeah, I want someone who can tell me the what not to do, and then, yeah, this is what you should do because they've been tested and tried. Do you really want to change your financial state? That paycheck to paycheck, that, that's cool to you? That's comfortable? Or is it all you've ever known? So it's just like, eh. And, you know, all your friends, y'all told each other, it's like, I'm broke. Yeah, me too. I am broke. I ain't got it this week. And so y'all just talking and creating the atmosphere of broke because, believe it or not, when you're speaking, you're creating the atmosphere, right? That's what you're calling in. What do you really want? So overall, this conversation serves as a cease and assist notice to shallow living. We're done. No, honestly and truly, we are done. We need to get better. We need to want to want to get better. And that's a good sentence. Don't come for me, grammar people. Thanks. Had my fair share of English classes. Thanks. But we have to dig deeper. And if we've seen it displayed with Peter, sir, I've been here all day. No, you've been, you, you, what you should have told Jesus is, um, I sat here in this boat all night expecting that, did nothing. Um, I mean, my goodness, you could at least try to stir up something to, to make a fish come. You didn't catch not near one? No, you wasn't there all night. You were, um, you were just physically, you, you attended. Your attendance is checked. But you didn't work all night. So if Jesus had to tell Peter, go deeper. You know, you, 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 whatever you're trying to accomplish, you're trying to do it too shallowly. You can't just surface um, this, this part of your life. You have to dig deeper. You have to dig deeper. You cannot reach your calling and your purpose by shallow living. You're wasting your time. And above all else, you have convinced yourself that you are out all night um, fishing when all you really were doing was sitting with the net out. That's not working, sir. That's not working, ma'am. So you know what these conversations go ahead and serve is to make it so that we start looking at things different. We start approaching things different. We, we adjust our posture, you know, shoulders back, head up, let's get it. And you're going to have to just look yourself in the mirror and say, self, I don't want to make any more excuses. I don't want to do this no more. I don't want that every time I say I want to lose weight, I'm getting another five pounds. I just don't. Why don't you go on these uh, thing, magical thing that we have called the Internet and seek out images and things that you can really see the people who have done it. I love those transformation uh, little pictures where you see where the person was, you know, at the point of their I'm over it. 
to like the transformation, however long it took them to slim down. And you can start to see the difference in 60 days and 90 days. And you're like, wow, you know, there, you have to start getting yourself around encouragement. Start looking up stories with people who got out of debt. Start looking up stories for people who, you know, they went to school one class at a time and they succeeded. It may have took them longer, but you know what? They accomplished it. Start looking at people that, you know, they had failed pregnancies or what have you, and then God gave them what they lovingly term their rainbow baby, their miracle baby. It's possible. Stop being so shallow. Stop, stop just living in a wish. This conversation, I wanted to pop the bubble of all wishes, and it's going to come to reality. Either you're going to walk into it, or it's going to pop and fall out, and we're going to go ahead and pick it up and then realize, ooh, yeah, I've been, I've been living in a wish. But I feel like you got what you needed from this. When we have these conversations, I feel like God speaks to everyone. In particular, it's the customized walk, this thing called life. Your journey don't look like mine and vice versa. And, you know, it just that's why we have to be very careful not to compare. Because the journey looks different. Our walk looks different. The Bible says that God orders our steps. Our steps even look different. But we all need to be journeying. We all need to be walking. We all need to be in the graces of, you know what, truthful living. You have to go deeper. But that's my good, good, good nanny says. All right. I ain't going to hold you. This was actually a good conversation. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, because you know what? Because I know it, a couple of things made you go, oh. And you felt like, you know, it was a hologram, like I was in your face. But I'm just on the phone, so, you know, you're safe. But do what you feel like you need to do and really make a change. Right? Because it's time anyway, right? But all right, listen, um, I made reservations at this restaurant. I'm going to go ahead and head out. I don't want to be late. So I'm going to call you later, and we'll talk about this a little bit more if you want to. If you want to, I know it's a little sensitive, but we'll talk later. All right? Okay. <laughs> later. <laughs>